0: let's do hymn number 391 it's a wonderful old song Uh, tis so sweet to trust in jesus 391 and if i have to change keys we may do that but we'll start off on one tis so sweet to trust in jesus just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise, just to know, the saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, Oh, for grace to trust Him more. Oh, how sweet to trust in Jesus, Just to trust His cleansing blood, Just in simple faith to Plunge me neath the healing, cleansing flood, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I proved Him o'er and o'er, Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, all for grace to trust Him more. Yes, tis sweet to trust in Jesus just from sin and self to cease, just from Jesus simply taking life and rest and joy and peace. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him How I proved Him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust Him more. I'm so glad I learned to trust Thee. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that Thou art with me, will be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I proved Him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh for grace to trust Him more. Well, aren't you glad we can trust Him? And I, I like that. It was, I hadn't thought about it in a while, but I like that third verse, just to trust in Jesus, just from sin and self to cease. And I think for us that's one of the, the, the keys to our Christian walk is, Lord, not my will, Thine be done. I, I, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll lay all of my selfish ambitions at your feet, but just show me what you want me to do. Yeah. Amen. Number four hundred, not too far over there. Uh, I thought about this one; it kind of helps, and kind of, you know, if you know what you're preaching on, you kind of know you can pick out songs to match it. <laughs> and I did, but I thought about this one, and it's an, again, it's an old one. It's I must tell Jesus. <coughs> i must tell jesus all of my trials i cannot bear these burdens alone in my distress he kindly will help me he ever loves and cares for his own i must tell jesus i must tell jesus i cannot bear my burdens alone i must tell jesus i must tell jesus jesus can help me jesus alone I must tell Jesus all of my troubles. He is a kind, compassionate friend. If I but ask him, he will deliver. Make of my troubles quickly and in. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. Tempted and tried, I need a great Savior, one who can help my burdens to bear. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, He all my cares and sorrows will share i must tell jesus i must tell jesus i cannot bear my burdens alone i must tell jesus i must tell jesus jesus can help me jesus alone Oh, how the world to evil allures me. Oh, how my heart is tempted to sin. I must tell Jesus, and he will help me over the world the victory to win. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus will help me. Jesus alone. Father God, we worship you tonight. Jesus, we worship and honor you, Lord God, because, Lord, we trust in you, and we can tell you, Lord God, all of our troubles. We can tell you, Lord, all of our cares. You listen for us, Lord God, you listen for our call, you listen for our cry. You Lord, seek for the desire of our heart that is seeking after you and that is seeking your pleasure and your presence and the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide and direct us to show himself mighty in our behalf. Father God, we worship you tonight. We give you honor and glory and praise for you alone our God are our answer. You alone our God are the one who delivers. You are the only one who can manifest himself and show himself in our behalf and bring to us the answers and the things that we need in this life. Lord, both spiritually and physically, Lord God, all those things that we have need of in the regular world of life lord god jesus god we lord just praise you for all you are and all that you have done all that you are doing and all that you will do in us and for us and through us Uh, father god we honor you lord tonight we honor you, Lord, tonight. We exalt your holy and righteous name. We lift you up and I'll declare that you are alone, our God. Jesus is Savior, King of kings and Lord of lords. Holy Spirit is our comforter and our guide. And in you, Lord God, we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. Father, we praise you tonight, and we give you honor, and we give you glory tonight, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. thinking about this Sunday evening after brother Parker shared his heart after the vote and there might be some that think well what's that young man know but I can believe tell you from my own heart he told us what we needed to hear yes. and he told us from God he told us in love and so uh, it, I'm just stirred in my heart we're just gonna we're gonna declare war on Satan yeah. we're gonna let him know we're not taking this anymore. We don't have to, church. Help you know God help us to understand we do not have to put up with his nonsense. He is defeated. He was defeated on the cross of Calvary, and he was doubly, if you don't care, if you mind me saying it this way, he was doubly defeated when he rose from the grave because when he rose from the grave, he nailed our sins. He nailed the, the right handwriting of ordinances against us on that cross. with his, With his. They nailed him to that cross. But church, he, when he rose from the grave, he was victorious over death and hell. He went and got the keys to death and hell. He has them right now and there is nothing in this world that can stop the church of the Lord Jesus Christ from being all that God has called us to be. That's right. Amen. I'm, can you tell I'm, I'm, I'm wound? <laughs> I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to show the devil what people that will trust in God and that will believe in God and that will tell God what they want and desire to seek His face that God will show up and God will manifest Himself. And God will be our God. And He will show us who He really is. Sister Julie sings this, leads us in a song, He's bigger than I thought He was. Let us take the limits off of what God wants to do. Let us take the limits of, of what we think we're able to do. And let's let God have His way with us. When God looked at Jack David, Everybody else looked at David King David, but when he, God called him, he was just a boy. Probably a young teenager somewhere in that age, I suspect. And, you know... Samuel went to, to. God sent Samuel to, to Jesse and said, You've got to pick out one of Jesse's sons because he's the one I've called to be king of Israel. Saul has messed up. Saul has forgotten me. Saul has forsaken what I've told him to do. And I'm going to move him out of the way, but I'm going to put this person that I have in mind. Samuel went. He didn't know what this boy's name was. And so he gets to Jesse, and long story short, he said, Jesse, I need to see your sons. And Jesse calls all of his sons the oldest, walks in. Here's the fine example of a young man. And Samuel says, surely this is one. And God says, no, it's not. Next. No, it's not. Next, 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 next. All the way down. And then Samuel looks at Jesse and said, wait a minute. Is this all the boys you got? Because God had told Samuel no on every one of David's older brothers. Right. And Jesse goes, Well, you know, we got the kid out there in the pasture watching the sheep. Okay, that's Oklahoma English. You, I mean, no disrespect to God and, and the writer of that. But in essence, that's what he said. Yeah, we got old, little old David E.'s out there. But, you know, he's just a kid. He's watching the sheep. Right. What did Samuel say? Get that boy in here. Yeah. And when David walked in, God said, There's my choice. The most unlikely. Right. Listen to me, church. I don't know if I'm going to get to this or not. I, I feel like I need to go there. God, the most unlikely choice right. was God's choice. Yes. Yes. You hear what I'm saying? You listen to what God's saying to us. The most unlikely choice. The one thing that you think, God, what in the world are you doing with that thing? You watch what God will do with what everybody else says. Oh, forget that one. That one can't do nothing. Let me tell you something. Don't you get that same attitude about yourself either. Oh, a little, you know. we We get that Israelite mentality of grasshopper. That grasshopper mentality. Oh, we're just little grasshoppers. You get enough little grasshoppers together, and they can destroy a field, a wheat field, a corn field, any kind of thing. You get a bunch of them because I think it is Malachi that talks about the the devouring, four different kinds of devouring locusts. What did they do? They wiped out an entire pasture of, of grain and stuff. You may, We may be grasshoppers, but you get enough of us together, we can do things for God. God is not looking for the mighty. God is not looking for the powerful. God is not looking for the most intelligent. There is nothing wrong with intelligence. Do not get me wrong. But God is looking for people that are saying, here am I, Lord, send me. Lord, I'll be the one that will stand in the gap. I will be the one that will serve you. I will be the one that will seek your face. And let's see what God will do with us. That one didn't cost anything extra. <laughs> Me and the Lord has been talking a lot today. Can you tell? He's good. Church, I am, I am so convinced in my heart that the enemy has fought us because he knows there is something in store. Yeah. Amen. But I am also here to tell you that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. Not only will we kick him, the, the, we'll kick the enemy out of this place. Not only will we kick him off of this property, but we will get those people that he held in, has held in this captivity of sin and bondage and, and deceitfulness that he's lied to them about, and we will get them and bring them in. And by the power and the grace of God and his spirit, we will see them saved and delivered and set free and healed and filled, saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and with power. That's what makes us more than conquerors. That's what causes the church to be what it's supposed to be because God called us to be a mighty force for Him. What did Jesus say? He said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I don't have to wait for the gates of hell to get here. I can go storming those gates. What do the gates represent? The gates represent where the people in authority sit. If you go looking through the Old Testament, those that made decisions, those that made the, 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 you know, had the wisdom, and that they wanted to see, where did they look for them? They looked for them in the gate of the city. Samson. I don't know why I thought about this, but I thought about Samson. What happened? One of the times he went up to one of them cities and they had the gates shut. Now, we're not talking gates. We're probably, probably gates were probably about as wide as from here to here. I mean, they were that thick. And they had big bars on them. I mean, you just didn't go waltzing through the gates. And what did Samson do? When the Spirit of God came upon him, he reached up there and yanked them silly things off of their hinges and carried them off. They lost their defense because now anything and everything could get in. Anybody getting where I'm going? We have the power of God on our side. Yes, we What do we need to do? It's time for us as a church, this church to get. And it doesn't matter, not just us. Anybody that's watching this by live stream now or sometime in the future, whatever church you belong to, if you'll start praying, if you'll start fasting and believing God, God will change you and God will change your church. Amen. And it's time that this world in which we live, which is getting so, in my mind, I'm, I'm glad I don't watch the news, people. I'd be so mad I couldn't stand myself. I wouldn't want to reach there and choke somebody or slap the intelligence into them or something. But our world is getting so stupid and so deceived by the devil that our church needs to come alive. And it's not just Lone Grove Assembly. It is every born-again child of God church across this nation and across this world that needs to wake up and begin put on your armor and let's go fighting the devil tooth and toenail. Let's make I like something Brother Gary Rogers said the other day. He says I like it because I believe that when I get out of bed my feet hit the floor, there's the enemy and, and all of his little cohorts and all of his little imps said, Oh no, he's up again. Oh no, they're awake now. And that's what I want God to do through not just only us. I, we need it, and God will help us. We're going to get there. But every born-again child of God needs to be that When their feet hit the floor, the devil says, oh, no, here we go again. Yep, yep, that's true. He's going to fight. Church, don't misunderstand. He is going to fight. But we still win, and we can win here and yeah. now. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. amen. In your Bibles. I will get there. Mmm, just shout out. That. Oh Thank you Lord mm. I feel a stirring in my soul. I'm expecting God to do some things that are going to absolutely astound us. Hmm, Thank you, Lord. Mm. Esther chapter four. Most of you that have been in church very long at all have heard this story. But I think there's a very interesting part in this deal. For those of you, if you don't know, those of you, may be, somebody may be listening to this. Esther was a young Jewish lady. Her uncle brought her with him in one of the captivities. To, uh, there was a king, Ahasuerus, if I say his name right. Uh, probably, I think, if I'm not mistaken, somebody that knows more than I do, uh, can't remember, but I think it was after the Babylonian thing. He was the next king over, whatever. Anyway, he had a queen. Well, one day he called her in, and she said, uh, "I ain't coming." Uh, okay, little background. You didn't tell the king you wasn't coming when he called. Now we can turn that around and sit there and say you about to think about the same thing about God. Okay. If God says come, you better get there, because yeah. He means business. But this king, he called for his quen- this queen, and she didn't show up. Nope, I'm coming today. Who knows why? Who? But what happened? Bang! You're out. Yeah. You know, I can't. I don't think they killed her, but I'm not sure. No, because she shows up later. Because and, and when Artaxerxes tur- took over, she was the mother. I I think I read of Artaxerxes, which. You got to read your Bible to find all them guys okay but this young lady and I wished I could uh, Hadassah her Jewish name was Hadassah but we know her as Esther the king some of the king went off to fight battle and when he come back he was disappointed because you now there wasn't you know his a queen to talk to there wasn't that female command companionship you know and and so yeah, he's a little down, and, and so his, his, his advice is to say, hey, just go get all the virgin girls in, in your kingdom, bring them up here, and then you can pick one of them. So they did. Well, Hadassah was one of those that they picked, and they got up there. The minute she arrives, God gives her favor. God gives her favor with the, the eunuch that was in charge. I, I think it was a eunuch. I can't remember for sure. But all of a sudden, she has favor. This guy that's doing all the choosing puts her, selects her, and gives her the best of the attendance that they have in in the whole compound. Yeah, it's a harem, but anyway. <laughs> but she's given the best. There is a deal where they the, says that they went through six months of... Uh, I can't remember, beauty treatments. One of them was like, I can't, some kind of oil. But anyway, it's not important. It took 12 years before she could get to the point where she could get presented to the king. 12 months, I'm sorry, not 12 years. 12 months, one year. Anyway, long story short. Well, 12 years, you know, no, I will not go there. I will not go there. My honorary side wants to kick in. This is not time to be honored. Year she presents is presented before the king, and the king just like falls. It kind of sounds like the Bible, he just fell for it. was like, Oh my goodness, she was a beautiful young lady, she was a Jew, but she was a beautiful young lady, and she became king. Now, when she became queen, her uncle Mordecai had told her, Don't you tell them you're Jewish because they may have. You know, they may not like the Jews, and so, we, you know, you might get kicked out. Long story short, there, a man named Haman hates Mordecai so bad that he gets a, Ahasuerus to give him his signet ring, says, you can sign this. There's, because all Haman said was, there's a bunch of people out there that you really need to get rid of because they're going to get you, okay? Well, long story short, Esther heard about this. Mordecai got word to her. She went to him because Mordecai was out in the, in the middle of the street in front of the gate, king's gate in sackcloth and ashes. She's going, I, I could just kind of see, Uncle Mordecai, what are you doing? She sent some guy to go ask because she couldn't go ask him herself. She sent somebody that, that, that you know would take care of it. And he went and, and asked. And Mordecai said, hey, we got a problem here. And I want to stop right there problem was Haman had gotten the the authority from the king to sign the Jews death warrant he was going to annihilate every last one of the man woman boy and girl and baby child they were in trouble can I be blunt with you tonight we tonight are in trouble. We we are, but I'm going to tell you something. There's an answer. Yes. Mordecai went and sent word to Esther. Said you need to go see the king. But I haven't been called. It's been thirty days. He hadn't called me. I, I can't go. You couldn't go before the king unless he called you, or if you went in and he you found favor in his sight. He held out his golden scepter. Mordecai tells her, Esther, who knows? He said, listen, God is going to save us. Did yeah. anybody hear that? Yeah. Mordecai told Esther, God is going to save us. If not by you, by somebody else. Who knows what you have, whether or not you have come to the throne in this position for such a time as this. Right. This is where we're going to pick up. Ezra chapter 4, verse 10. Then Esther told Hathach to go back and relay this message to Mordecai. Mordecai. All the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his gold scepter. The king is not called for me to come to him for 30 days. So Mordecai sent this, verse 13, sent this reply, Do, Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you'll escape when all the other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arrive from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go, gather all the Jews and fast for me. Now, if you go back earlier in there when this deal went out, the Jews were already fasting and calling on God. Now, this is one kind of fast that she did. She said, have them fast for me. Let all the Jews fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. But notice this. Now, I don't know if these maids of hers were all Jewish or not, but I like this. She said, My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go to see the king. If I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went and did everything Esther had ordered him. Notice the situation. The death warrant has been signed for the nation of Israel under Ahasuerus' rule. They're in trouble. It's difficult. I know enough about the medical field to know it's like this. The patient is on their last legs time is slowly getting out everything that could have been done by, by knowledge and understanding and medical know how has been done and still things are slipping and still things are slipping and still things are slipping there is one last measure that they will do for a patient, provided there's not a DNR. When that heart stops beating, they call for the crash cart. And those nurses in texas I don't know who all is involved in but there is a team that does that. And when they hear code blue, they press and they spring into action. And they, I would imagine, never seen one, don't ever want to see one for that matter, but I suspect stuff, everything that's unnecessary gets thrown out of the way. It gets tossed aside because their job now is to bring that patient's heart back to life. What are you saying? I'm telling you tonight, church, it's not over until you and I give up and quit trying. It's not over until we give up and say, God, we've done all we can do, you know. No, we haven't. It's time to declare war on our enemy. Here and now. And take a stand. This is a battlefield, child of God. It's not play time. It's not a game time. It is war time. Notice she said, you tell them they had been fasting, but she said, "You tell everybody, if I do not eat, do not drink for three days or nights." Why? Their answer was not in Her- Ahasuerus. Right. Their answer was not in Mordecai. Their answer was in God. And they knew the one thing about it. Give them one thing. They seemed to mess up a lot. The Jews did. But one thing about it, when things got tight and when things got serious and when things got deadly, they knew how to get a hold of God. The, long, the short of the story is, and you go back and read the whole book of Esther, it's a really interesting. You talk about a drama. She knew how to put on a drama. But, and, and I don't mean this. She didn't put on a drama in the fact that, you know, oh, she didn't make a big mess. But her methods were absolutely magnificent. I don't know, and, and the Bible doesn't say this, but I wonder in my heart if God did not put the plan that she put in place in her heart. Long story short, the, uh, the decree had already been made. They were, there were those that were saying, you can go kill all them Jews you want to. But then when it was all said and done, she went to the king. He held out the golden scepter. And here, you read the rest of the story. I'm not going to go into all of it. But the bottom line was they were given a decree by the king. Mordecai got Haman's house and all of his stuff, yeah. by the way. She was still queen. Yeah. There was an edict sent out by, from the king. Every you get yourselves together, get your weapons together, and you can fight anybody, tooth and toenail, and kill them when they try to come get you. They survived. God saved. Why? Because people fasted and prayed. What is a fast about? What does a fast do for us? Why is it important? Is it important in this day? Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but one thing he says, when you fast... It is not a suggestion, church. It is not something that we can look at. It's not like the speed zone sign out, speed limit sign out here. Most people that I know act like that's just a suggestion or just a pretty sign with numbers on it. I don't know, you know. I know most people, you know, I go driving down the road and they get run over. I mean, I go two or three miles over, but boy, how do you, it's like, then they get mad at you, flash your lights and honking, you know, and give you dirty looks when they go by. Okay, it's my gas mileage. I'm paying the bill, so shut up. Don't worry about it. But here is the situation. I have to make up my mind, God, what do I need to do? I have to make up my mind. Lord, am I going to stand by here and watch this happen? Esther wasn't real keen about the idea because if she had gone and king had not held out the scepter, they'd have took her head off. Just like that. You're done. Goodbye. Carry her out and let's go get another one. But she obeyed what her uncle told her. And eventually she told the king, look, you're fixing to kill all of my people. And he said, wait, we can't have that. He, she had gained so much respect, and God had given her such favor right. that that king said, okay, here's what you guys can do. You know the, what day is coming. It was already set. The day was already set. Haman wouldn't live to see it. He got hung on his own gallows. Yeah. God hanged the devil on his own gallows. Yeah. I like something Brother Rogers. <laughs> I like Brother Rogers. I don't know how you all think about it. I like it, man. He said, you know, the devil will always overplay his hand. And sometimes he will push the church to the back in the corner. And that's when the church better be like some little old cat. you ever seen people try to push a cat in a corner? It ain't pretty I don't care if it's a little bitty kitten, no bigger than that. You push them in a corner or get them in a condition, place they don't want to be, they are coming out with claws bared and they're coming at you. God help us to do the same thing. We are able. How many of you can say we're more than able? Yes, we are. Jesus said, when you fast. Now, I'm just going to put this in, in my, my, my version. When you fast, don't make a show of it. The Pharisees were well known for making this show. They would disfigure their faces and they'd do all of this stuff. Oh, we're fasting because we're so holy. I'm sorry. You're fasting because you're so holy. You need to fast some more till you get holy. It was a show. Jesus said when you fast, you comb your hair, you wash your face, you put on your best clothes, and don't you dare even let the world think that there's any indication you're fasting. It's none of their business. A fast that we're talking about here now, Faith and I do fast every once in a while, but that's for our health. You know, I mean, we probably, could, probably should put prayer with it. It wouldn't hurt. But it, it's to help us to have, you know, the next time I go to my doctor, he is going to be very well pleased with me because <laughs> I am going to, my numbers are going to be terrific. I'm working on it. Yeah. How do I get there? I, let me take this rabbit for a minute. How do I get those reports, those lab reports to come out good? By doing the things that I know to do that are in my best interest health-wise. Oh boy, here we go. How do we as a church get where God wants us to be? How do we get the good report from God? How do we get the things? By doing the things that God declares for us to do. There is no shortcuts. There are no easy ways through it. I can, just, I can see my youngest daughter. Dad's mad tonight. I am, to an extent. I am mad at the devil that we have allowed to run us over like a Mack truck. And it's time for it to stop, it's time for it to cease. But Jesus said, when you fast, not if you fast, not if you, oh, if you think about it every once in a while. No, when you fast, it ought to be a part of the Christian's everyday lifestyle or every year lifestyle. There ought to be times. There are people overseas that they set their whole, their whole country that are Christians set aside one day to fast. Yeah. I know of one for sure, and I bet you my wife knows several others, do the same thing. God only knows how much effect that it has on those people they're trying to reach. There is a article that my wife downloaded for me from the Assembly of God website. It's from a, call it uh, Influence Magazine. And I don't know, I don't, I guess at one time it might have been, it was always been Assembly of West. But I like this article. Because there are some things that happen when we fast. The title of this deal is called Benefits. And I'm not going to read you the whole thing. But the benefits of a corporate fast. This is what we're asking all of you and all of our church family to do. Let us set our hearts to find some time to fast and pray. Interrupt your everyday schedule. Cut out 15, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. Begin to seek God and ask Him for the deliverance and the destruction of the works of the devil in our midst. Church, I'm here to tell you, we've got some some rat killing to do. We've got some rat killing. I don't know if all of you understand that expression. But in Oklahoma, we got some rat killing to do. And it's not person to person. It is spirit to spirits. What does it do for us? The very first thing that a fast will do for us, it will heighten your sensitivity to the Spirit. Do you want to know what God is saying? Do you want to know what the Spirit is trying to say to us? In the past six years that I've been here, God has spoken time and time and time and time again through, through ministers, through tongues and interpretation. And you know what? The one thing that I have noticed that saddens me more than anything else, it's the lack of response to what the Holy Spirit has just got through doing. Church, let me tell you something. God is not pleased with that kind of stuff. I'm just going to be straight with you. I'm not applying for the job. <laughs> but I am here because I believe I, I, there is a heart. God gave me a heart to be a pastor, and I'm not one now, but I don't, haven't lost that. Right. But I think it's time for us to face the facts. What is the first thing when people are, need deliverance from something? They've got to admit, I have a problem with that thing, and I need to get rid of it. Right. We've got an enemy, and we need to kick him out the door, out onto the streets. First thing it does, it heightens, it improves, it enhances our sensitivity to this Holy Spirit of God. We will know that we know that we know. This is what God wants us to do. They use the, the, the book of Acts chapter 13, the first three or four verses, where Paul, the Antioch church, was praying. And Paul and Barnabas were there. They still called him Saul at the time. But they were there in the holy. They, were, they had been fasting and worshiping God. And God said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And then the Bible goes on to make an old interesting note. And they fasted some more and laid their hands on them and sent them out not only did it heighten their sensitivity, but it empowered them in that same power. I want, I tell you what, I want, church. If I want anybody at all praying for me, if I want anybody at all agreeing with me, I want spirit filled Christian people that will agree together, then we will see God do things. Yes. Amen. Amen. It will heighten our sensitivity of the Spirit, it will increase the unity. That needs to be, disunity needs to be kicked out of here quicker than a tornado can go through a house. You and I have the ability to do that. And we won't have, we won't make anybody mad. When God does something and we pray for it and ask God to do it His way, let me tell you something, God can get rid of the nonsense without getting rid of the nonsensees. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. Sister Linda's give me a what? You want me to put it plain? God will get rid of the nonsense without getting rid of the people that's being used in that business. Is that better? Thank you. But it's what he wants to do, church. It really is. It uncovers our potential. Paul, and, and Paul may have not thought about it at this point in time that he was supposed to go to Gentiles, But I think God had told him, but he's going like, okay, yeah, well, sometime, somewhere, you know. But specifically at this particular point in time in the book of Acts, God says, you separate, put them, Paul, and you put Saul and Barnabas aside, set apart them apart for the work I have called them to do. Paul and Barnabas would go over most of the known world at that time, at that time later. Take a few years, but they get it done. Let me stop real quick. Paul said to Timothy, when he was about to leave this earth, he said, I have finished my course. I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. What a testimony. And we can have that same testimony too, church. It uncovers your potential. What? Lord, I, mm. Let me tell you what, if you get a heightened sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, you will hear better what he's trying to tell you he wants you to do. Yeah. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say as nice as I know how. God does not have bench warmer. It prioritizes prayer. What does it mean? What did Jesus tell the disciples to do before the day of Pentecost? Pray for the promise of the Father. Don't pray about Aunt Joe and and, and Uncle Don and, 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 and my neighbor across the street. He said pray for the promise of the Father. Fasting and prayer. What is this prayer? Prayer is focused on the need. Prayer is focused on what needs to occur and what needs to happen in this place and in our lives as individuals. It focuses us on what God wants us to focus on. It enables us to fight the good fight of faith better because the height and more our sensitivity to the Spirit increases and grows. The more the things that we do and the things that we say when we speak God's Word, they go out like big flaming missiles right in the middle of the enemy's camp and destroys the living daylights out of all of it. God told us last Sunday night, live the Word, know the Word, walk the Word, talk the Word. Why? Because that church is our weapon. We're not fighting each other. We're not fighting people. We are fighting the powers of devil, of the devil through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. The Word. The Word, the Word, the Word, the Word. It'll prioritize our prayer. And then finally, ha- it'll broaden our reach. You want to reach this town of Elk? El- me and my, my mind. My tongue don't always work together. If we want to reach Long Grove, Oklahoma with the gospel and the life and the love of Jesus Christ, it's going to start with prayer and fasting. That's That's the only way it's going to do it, church. I don't care who you, you get the biggest name preacher you find on the planet, but if you and I are not ready and willing to do what God tells us to do, It's wasting his time or her time and ours. Especially it's wasting God's time. God doesn't want us to waste time. And at this point in time in, in life, we, church, we really don't have a lot left. God help us to realize what we need. My encouragement to you tonight, to those that are listening, you belong to this church. And I start to say this, but the Lord kind of said, I don't, whatever church you belong to, start praying and fasting for your church. Yeah. If you've got a pastor, pray and fast for that man or that woman. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they are doing, there are churches that are doing stuff that is totally ob- opposed to, to the very things that God has said are wrong and they're saying, oh, it's okay, come on in. We'll it make you a pastor. Better wake up because God said sin was sin. And if it was sin in the Old Testament and it was sin in the New Testament, then church, it is still sin right now and forevermore. In your church... It's time for the church to get back to fasting and prayer. I remember hearing, I don't remember ever seeing one. I kind of do. But I remember hearing stories back in days when revivals would begin to break out in the 40s and the 50s that people would get up early Sunday morning. And they would be praying and they would be seeking God and they would come to the house of God. And God would move. In a little home church I had in McLeod, Oklahoma, a little Pentecostal homeless church, we had a Sunday school class that started praying, and they began seeking God in their Sunday school hour. And they one Sunday morning, I can remember, they come out of that, down that hallway, and by the time they hit that church, house sanctuary, God was moving, God was stirring, and God was touching hearts and lives. Church, God, help us to get so hungry for that that we'll do whatever it takes to see it happen here and now and in this day and hour that we live. We can do it. Oh, church, let me tell you, we can do it. The devil ain't going to like it, but I really don't care what he likes. I want what my Father God wants. I want what the Holy Spirit wants to bring to us. I want God to move and be manifested and glorified and magnified and exalted so that all men are drawn to Him. Yes, Amen. It's a possible. But you and I are going to have to get it started. It does not matter how many of us there start with. Go back real quick. Book of Acts. Chapter 1. Chapter 2. How many was in the upper room? 120. I, can't, I don't have enough fingers. 120 were in the upper room. By the time that day was over, how many was in the church? A little, little long. Three thousand one hundred twenty. And you know what? You say stuff like that, and I can just—I can hear people. What in the world will we do with three thousand people? We would let God help us minister to them. We would let God help us t- t- touch their hearts and life. We would, God let, we would let God help us mem- disciple them and mentor them and help them to know what it means to be a child of God, to walk in the grace of God, to walk in His power, to walk in His might, to walk being filled with the Holy Ghost and with power, touching the hearts and lives of others. I will assure you right now, church, and all this was in my notes but it's what I sense in my spirit. And it burns and it burns and it burns. God, help us tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I was, You just pray. Lord, I, I ask you to do one thing right now. Pray for these three things. Pray for the the absolute destruction of the works of the enemy in this place. Pray for us to get so close to God that we will know His voice, hear His voice, and immediately obey His voice and pray for that pastor that God is sending to fill this pulpit and guide and direct this church into the places that God wants it to go. Lord, God, help us tonight. God, we need You tonight. Oh, Lord, it is Your Word, it is Your truth. And Father God, we can call upon You, we can rely upon You, but God, You're relying on us to do what we can do and what we should do. Father God, I pray right now for this church. I pray, Father God, that every every deed, every, every work of the devil that has manifested itself in this place and on this campus is defeated and destroyed in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the angels of God that you're sending, Lord, to fight for us and fight with us in this battle. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that those, Lord God, that may are being deceived, Lord, maybe they've allowed themselves to become lukewarm, Lord, that they'll come alive, that they'll wake up and realize, Father God, that you have a work to do in this place through us to this community of Long Grove, to this area of Carter County, Lord God, and all as far as you want it to reach God. God, I pray that as we seek Your face, as we fast and pray together, Lord God, that our in our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit will be so increased that all You've got to do is whisper, and I mean it. We say, "Yes, Lord, here I go." And Father God, we stand in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, whom we serve, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and we declare that the the choice of the pastor, Lord God, that it is designed and that you have called to be the pastor of this church. We thank you, Father God, that every hindrance that the enemy has tried to put in here is now knocked out of the way. May the power of God, just like you did in the wilderness with the pillar of fire by day and the pillar of uh, a pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day, Lord God, you split the waters, you split no, the, the path, Father God, and bring that person into this pulpit, Lord God, but help us, Father God, before they ever get in here, before they ever try out here, that this church becomes alive, that it becomes spirit-filled, that it becomes spirit-sensitive and responsive instead. And of resistance Lord God for that grieves your heart and it grieves your spirit God do it in Jesus name Lord we're going to do this Father God those that will commit themselves to this we are going to hang on to this until we see the answer arrive and we thank you for it Father We thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I bind every evil spirit that has dared enter this house. I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And I cast you not only out of this building and these buildings, but out into the street. This property belongs to God. We plead the blood of Jesus over every square foot of this church property, land and buildings and all. Satan, you are the intruder, and you are now commanded in Jesus' name to leave. No spirit but the Holy Spirit of God Almighty on these grounds and in these buildings and in our worship services. No spirit but the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. Thank you, Lord. It is being done even now according to your word. Thank you, Lord. And Father God, thank you for the harvest. Lord, you're going to get us prepared first, and then when the harvest comes, we're going to be ready and set to go. You're going to give us wisdom. You're going to give us understanding. You're going to give us the ability to know what to do, how to do it, why and how, where to do it. And Father, I thank you for it even now. Thank you for it even now. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray for those that need to make Jesus saving Lord of their life. Holy Spirit, reach out and get a hold of them. Wake them up. Help them to realize that all they got to do is call upon the name of the Lord. For if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and Him raised from the dead, you shall be saved. Is His Word to you. Quit fooling around. Quit putting it off. Now, today is the day of salvation. Make Jesus save you Lord of your life and then tell somebody. It's a simple prayer. All you've got to do is just be honest with God. Talk to Him like you would talk to somebody else. He's waiting and listening for you to call on Him. Father, we thank You, Lord, tonight. Lord, what You're doing. Lord, don't give up. Don't let up, Father God. Father, don't give up. Help us, Lord, not to give up. Strengthen and encourage us, Lord. Help us to strengthen and encourage each other. Lord, for the battle is before us. But just as David said to Goliath, you have come to me in the name of your God, but you have defied the God of the armies of Israel. You have defied the Lord God Almighty, and God will deliver you into our hands. God will deliver the unsaved, loved ones, Satan, that you've held in captivity, and we will see them saved and healed and delivered and filled with the Holy Spirit of God.